Hello, my beautiful friends. My name is Bryn Wise, and you are listening to the Grace Mama Grace podcast. I am a mom who suffers from mom guilt, and I am working tirelessly to overcome it. It is my mission to help you remember that you are enough exactly the way you are. You are the mother your children need, and you are perfect as a mother just because you love your kids. Let's do this. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to episode four. And I'm so freaking excited to bring on our first guest of this podcast. You guys, this girl and I go way back. Like she and I danced together in high school. And this is a story for another time, but she was Miss Eagle Mountain in the pageant where me and my husband met, essentially. She, (laughs) I know, she was my uh, little fabulous person that I just admired so much. And I was her second attendant. And she actually, fast forward a few years, she became one of my coaches. I've mentioned briefly in previous episodes that by profession, I am a health and fitness coach. She did it with me for like two years, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, then she found this passion and purpose in the personal development world and the podcasting world and the life coaching world. And she has since grown to share her talents with others through life coaching. So this is my girl, Anna Bullock. Will you share a little bit about life coaching and, and what you do now? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So I'm a life coach. I basically different than therapy, completely different than therapy. What we do is work on thoughts and our thoughts that are creating our feelings. So I work with a lot of women that are in mixed faith marriages or maybe just women who want to love their spouse more, have some ideas where they're stuck, like maybe I married the wrong person, the wrong guy, whatever it is. We work on all those thoughts because their ultimate goal is connection with their spouse. So I work on their confidence and we work on their story about their spouse. That's what we do in coaching. That's specifically the group of people that I work with, but got here all through, I feel like Bryn was one of the first people that believed in me. She like sent me messages and we were talking and just reliving our past. And she was one of the first people to just breathe that belief in me. Like she saw something in me at a very dark time in my life when I didn't see anything in me. So I don't know if I ever told you that, but it was was one of the first people. So a stepping stone to where I'm at right now wouldn't have happened if Bryn hadn't been in my life. So that's what I do. Life coaching. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And really, truly, I've gotten so many messages this past week from random people that I don't know in real life and that have thanked me already for like podcast, this platform. And they're like, I don't even know you, but I just feel like our paths have crossed for a reason. And I'm so grateful that you're in my life. And that is exactly how I feel about my girl, Anna. Like our paths have crossed multiple times and she has just been this like force in my life of just courage and stepping out. And I actually had this thought in my head that I wanted to start a podcast. And one of my mentors, people that I love and aspire 
to be like Micah Folsom started a podcast and I was like, okay, if she can do it, so can I. And it was like, it kind of started that belief. And then my girl, Anna posted a picture that she had started a podcast. And I was like, no way. If she can do it, so can I. For sure. <laughs> and seriously, I, I remember messaging Anna that day that like, all right, I'm going to be one of your first subscribers. I'm going to listen right away. I listened to it when it was on Spotify before it ever launched to Apple. And I just like picked her brain, asked her all the questions. How do I find music? What do I do for my microphone? What are all the nitty gritty little details? What did you do? And I didn't share this in the first podcast, but um, little funny story, uh, Satan was working so hard, so hard to make it so I did not re record my first episode. Like I had the mic, I had everything like in place, but nothing was working. And mm -hmm. I remember my girl, Anna, we were talking on Marco Polo about how she recorded her first episode and she legit used her AirPods for her microphone. And she just shut herself in her closet. And I was like, all right, like the voice I memo app on my phone, <laughs> nothing fancy. Yes. We get and so caught up in those details. Yes. It matter. Yes. <laughs> and that fear just holds us back, holds us back. So in this conversation, she and I were just having this back and forth conversation about like, okay, how to podcast all the things. And I told her what my podcast was going to be about. And when I shared that it was going to be about mom guilt, she was like, oh my gosh, like I just had a run in with mom guilt and total block that I overcame and it had to do with homeschooling. And when she shared that, I was like, yes, 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 yes. I feel like you need to be my first guest on my podcast because I know I personally, uh, like I'm so grateful, but my kiddos are four, two and new. I don't have anybody in school right now. I, my son is going to preschool, but we were able to find a private preschool where he can go. He doesn't have to wear a mask. It's very normal. He gets to have a normal preschool experience. So I am not a mom that is struggling with this whole homeschooling thing. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh my gosh, like I have heard so many moms over the last couple of months express how hard this is to like, <laughs> I am not a teacher. I did not want to be a teacher. I like, no. And to just be forced almost into this role of teacher, in addition to everything, Anna was just telling me like, oh my gosh, I could totally share. And I was like, oh yes. Oh yes. Like, please, please, please. I feel like this is going to be so, so good. So with all of that said, talk to us. Were you a were you a homeschooler before this year? I wasn't. I have a lot of friends that are into homeschooling and I love like the feel that they did that they've kind of created with their family and the things that they're able to teach their kids. So I toyed with it for a while because I have a young girl that she's right on the deadline for going into kindergarten, right? She's just right there. So last year I was deciding what I wanted to do. And so I toyed with the idea of homeschool. And then I just, I remember like praying so fervently. I needed to know what I needed to do. And I never got an answer. Basically the answer that I got was, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Go with whatever you think and we'll just adjust from there. And then fast forward a couple months in, 
COVID hit. So it really ended up not mattering. I made the, the decision to put her into kindergarten. And, you know, I decided public school is how we want it to go. And we loved it, but it really didn't matter because COVID messed everything up. So this, I never, I don't know, it was a no for me then, but as things changed, as all of our circumstances and our choices changed, I decided it was a yes for me, but I had a lot of, lot of back and forth deciding if it was going to be right for me. So what made you decide this year, like, all right, (laughs) I am going to keep her home versus send her in a mask? Um, well, in the county that I'm in right now, we're actually in the same county. They don't have, and our school district specifically, they don't have the option to even go to school in a mask right now. It's all either distance learning or homeschool. (laughs) Like you either pull them out or they are sitting on a Zoom call. And I love our teachers and I think our teachers are awesome. But I also think that most of our teachers don't want to teach like this. You know, I've got she would have either been kindergarten or first grade. I didn't know where to put her because we missed out on half of the education for that year. Mm -hmm. And so I ultimately decided I get to pick where I want to start her. And I didn't feel like for me personally, that the zoom calls was going to work for our family, but I had so much fear and doubt. Like, can I do this? It's easy when you put them into a class with the teacher and the teacher's now responsible for what they learn and what they don't learn. And if they don't learn, it's like, well, the teacher needs to teach them this. (laughs) But (laughs) when it's me, I'm like, crap, she doesn't know something. Now, now it's my job. So I had a lot of that stuff going on. So do you have, I mean, I know the answer to this because I know you, but I know some of our listeners won't know the answer to this question. Do you have other kids or is she your only one? Oh, no, she is six. I have a six-year-old. I have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. Okay. So they're all pretty close. Yeah. A little. Um, is, she, is she the only one you're homeschooling or are you doing stuff for your four-year-old too? I'm doing stuff for my four-year-old too. He, uh, the program that we're using, that home program, it has like a test where you can see where they're at and he tested into the kindergarten math and then we just put him in the preschool stuff so I'm doing them both together and they love it so far (laughs) cool okay so when you had this like run-in with mom guilt a few weeks ago what what was going through your head what happened I was trying to get in the swing of things and we missed math a couple times now my kids love math mind you me not so much. So it was a couple different thoughts that was creating it for me, right? I love to focus on the thoughts. It's like the time and the tediousness of math. I just had resistance. I didn't want to sit down there. I put weird pressure on my kids that they need to excel. So I feel all this pressure and I get snappy with them if they don't want to stick to the schedule. So it's not fun. And then I have I have a business that I'm creating. I am trying to, you know, keep my house in order. I'm trying to do all the things. And I was like, I don't get a second away from these children. <laughs> so, and I felt bad for even thinking that. I kind of did love my time when my daughter would go to a kindergarten. Like I did have some downtime because I used to have the nappy clips that would happen. And then I'd have a couple hours to myself. And 
I switched into this not having as much time for myself and felt a lot of shame that I'm like, no, you should want to have some time with them. You just, you know, mm-hmm. that happened. Okay. So I, I love this. Mm-hmm. So what did you, what did you do to like overcome these feelings of guilt? I, I pray a lot. <laughs> I, have a, I increased my relationship with my savior who tells me where I can improve, but gently and also tells me what's important. So I have, I have a coach that mentors me and we went through and did my whole life thing. We did business, we did food, we did like housekeeping and children and education for my children. And we focused, we picked two different values. Okay. So I have a value for spiritual because I also felt mom guilt that I was failing them spiritually. Like I want to teach them. I want to do all the things that I think I should, but I was failing at it time management wise. And then education wise, right? I, I picked two different values. So education, I just realized I want them to have a love for learning. And when I think back to my experience in school, I loved psychology. I love everything about the brain and the human. So those things like I absorbed and I remember stuff that I learned in high school. And then I loved the creative outlet. I loved dance. I loved everything about it. I could still tell you choreography that I bet you did from Stomp, (laughs) our little Stomp Broadway, whatever it was. I still remember choreography from that. It's those things that like, once it hits my heart, then I remember it better. So I want them to have a love of learning. And then spiritually, I want them to have a close connection with their savior. I want them to, it, to be normal in our house, to have conversations about it, not feel forced. So once I got those two values, a lot of the pressure of sticking with the curriculum and being really regimented and hitting like the world standards went away. They're still there. I still have those desires to teach my kids those things. But now the pressure that when I would sit down with them during math time and they have to pay attention because they have to learn this stuff or they're going to be behind, all of that went away. And all of like the forced things like sit down and have a spiritual conversation. You're going to learn this stuff, dang it. All of that went away too. And now it's like, if I have one thing, if I teach them one thing that brings them closer to their savior during that day, then that's enough. If I even try like with school and they learn something that like, I notice that curiosity spike up in them, then that's perfect. That's success. I love that. So essentially you just like redefined your definition of success and what a like good day looks like. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Went from the world standards to what do I actually want to teach my kids? I love that. And that relieved all of the pressure. Yes. I mean, it still comes and goes. <laughs> I have to remind my brain a lot of the time what's important to me. And mm-hmm. it's what's important to me, not to everybody else. Yes. And I feel like that is so so applicable to all moms everywhere Mm -hmm. because it's so easy for us to like, especially with social media and all the things to like, look at those moms who are like super cute and crafty and do all these fabulous things that are like sensory and craft and learn and mess. And I'm like, so not that mom. 
at all. <laughs> not. And I am the mom who I will go outside and run with you. I'll play tag. I will jump on the couch with you. I will do a dance party in the kitchen. Like we will move, like you said, like creative outlet and moving our bodies and those types of things. I'll play board games with you all day long. But if you ask me to play Play-Doh or do something that creates a mess or <laughs> crafting in any way, shape or form, I'm like, so not that mom. Yep. what? It's okay. It's, all, it's right. okay. It's all right. There's a reason why those kids are your kids. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I referenced this in the first podcast of just like, you are the mother your children need. Like if your child was meant to become a crafting, fabulous person, they would have been born <laughs> to a mom. Yeah. Crafty. And I'm not. Or they'll figure it out on some other, like maybe they'll have that desire later on. If it's meant to happen, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you are not inhibiting your child from becoming that. Yep. Right? <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you redefined your success and your definition for success, mm-hmm. did you communicate that to your kids at all? Or was it just kind of an internal thing? It was more of an internal thing. But I'm sure, I mean, their little brains, I'm sure their little brains noticed because we started just learning more. (laughs) We started learning more. Once I relieved all that pressure, it's like, oh, I can teach them about this, you know, doctrine because it just came into our lives in some way, shape or form. Like there was a teaching opportunity and it's on my mind now and it's not forced. It's not out of a book all of the time. It's out of what I know in my head and in my heart. So I'm sure that they noticed, but no, I formally never communicated that to them. Cool. And then just in case people are curious, like what, so you're not doing the distance learning thing. What program are you using to help? Yeah, I'm using the good and the beautiful. And it's one that is faith-based. It's Christian based, but it's not um, specific to any doctrine. She is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that wrote the curriculum, but it is all Christian based. So, yeah. So it like automatically incorporates God into all God and values. And I like the sense of like, um, respect it has for nature and which has worked out beautifully for us too, because we have uh, we're out of town quite a bit. We go up to different properties. We're in nature quite a bit. So we just take it with us and they get to learn in the places that they love. So it has worked out beautifully. <laughs> We've loved it so far. Cool. And how much time are you dedicating to school every day? It's different every day. I am, I, and everybody does it differently. This is not me saying this is how you should do it. I have some people that I know that have a specific time like and they fill the time whether you know they do the lessons or not for me it's however long it takes us we do one language arts lesson a day and we'll either do one lesson from the math book or we'll do math in some way shape or form there's a um what is it called a site a lot of people are familiar with it it's the teachers pay teachers site mm-hmm. and i'll get on there sometimes and pick out a little freebie math lesson for them and we'll do that we do have like things that they learn and i try to keep it in the topics that they're learning but 
sometimes that's easier for me if it's on the go. We take it to the park quite a bit. So cool. Just whatever feels right for that day. Cool. So you're only like, you do one language arts every day and you're not like, okay, we got to do science and math and art. And yeah, people. no. Yeah, no, no. We'll, we'll throw in things. And I think that as I do things, I'm very much one that likes to get out of my house. I like to go do things and I include my kids in those things. So just like with trying to teach them spiritual things throughout the day, I want them to be curious about nature. Like we went on a walk the other day and you can see I live out in the desert and it's so pretty. We've got like the plateaus, but you can see the interstate, right? From far away. And my son's so interested in vehicles, like in the diesel trucks and everything. He knows how big they are. He sees them all the time. But when it's super far away, I was like, look how tiny. Do you see how tiny those trucks are? They're tiny. And we talked about a little bit about depth perception. When things are closer, they're bigger. When they're far away, they're little. So things like that where they're like interested in it and then you have a little tiny teaching moment. We've been finding more of those and it's pretty fun because I think that they grasp it when their interest is peaked. Oh, totally. Totally. Mm -hmm. I love that. And okay. So question, mm -hmm. since you are teaching your daughter and your son and then you've got your cute little guy too. And <laughs> do you feel like he's like being neglected because he's not doing school with you guys. Like, how do you feel like that fits into the equation? Uh, some days it's chaos. <laughs> some days it's not pretty. Um, I definitely am one that doesn't modern monitor screen time a whole lot. So sometimes I will sit him down. It's your turn to pick whatever you want. He's the youngest. So he kind of gets the bottom of the barrel when it comes to picking his own shows. Mm -hmm. He doesn't get choice that much. <laughs> so uh, when he gets to pick his show, he is, he's into it. He's fine for a minute. But for the most part too, sometimes he learns with us and I'll give him a notebook and I'll color like four different, we have the markers and I do four different spots of different colors and he'll sit there and shout the colors at me. But it's never like harmonious and all my kids are sitting there with their head down, raising their hands when they need mom's help. It doesn't ever look like that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> get off the floor. Come on. No, you can't play with that. My son cutting up school books. Like, it looks like that some days. Yeah. And it's fine. <laughs> and I love, I love how real this is because uh -huh. so many of us have this picture of like, what school is on TV. And it's like, I was a school teacher. I taught kindergarten and <laughs> what you see on the screen is not, not, not how it goes. Oh, <laughs> so much respect to teachers. <laughs> so much respect for teachers. And in fact, that actually was one of my biggest fears with my daughter is I noticed like if I tried to give her criticism, she would shut down pretty fast. Whereas she I loved the bond that my child had with her kindergarten teacher. I mean, that forever is sealed for her. She still thinks that her kindergarten teacher is her teacher. Like she says, no, this is my mom. This isn't my teacher. My teacher is Miss So-and-so, you know? So mm -hmm. she forever will have that bond. So I'm, I'm not trying to push anybody toward homeschools here. I loved public school. <laughs> I loved it. I love the bond that they have, but there's 
good and bad to both. Like there's going to be the 50-50 opposition in either choice. Mm -hmm. So choose what kind of experience you want to have basically. So with all this Corona stuff and not really having a choice this year, um, what are you doing for like social interaction? Are you, are they still able to see friends somehow, some way, or are you guys kind of just like, nope, our family is our friends right now. And it's just the way it is. Yeah. So everybody has their own, right. How they want to go through like their beliefs about Corona, how they want to handle it, what they feel safe and comfortable doing for us. I have the most amazing community. I've got a sister-in-law that's doing homeschool with her five kids with me. Like when we have an entire community of people that are in this as well. So we've created a Google doc and we have dates of, we have like an open park day that if anybody wants to go to the park, they can go to the park and meet with people and see people. And then we also have like holiday events. And if anybody wants to put on a little mini unit or like we had a Columbus Day activity with some kids in our neighborhood where they got to make hats and race on a little scooter thingy. (laughs) Anyway, we do fill that social bucket and it's pretty cool how everybody's so willing to serve and help one another. And it does get crazy because there's so many kids in our little valley that are homeschooling right now, but it's fun. That's cool. That's cool. So do you think you'll do it next year? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you because maybe I'm enjoying it, but if the option that I think I want at the time, like going back to public school, I might take that option too. I mean, I really am one that believes that it's just your thoughts about the situation that makes it positive or negative. So I don't think either one is going to be better than the other. And so depending on where my kids are at and depending on where the school is at on their decisions, then maybe, I don't know. I loved it enough that I could. Cool. So far. Okay. So I want to go back to what you were saying at the beginning about how like you just didn't feel like you had any time for you at all. Mm -hmm. And like with trying to fit in your own business and the cracks and all the things so where is that quote unquote balance? Like that doesn't exist, right? Like harmony yeah. versus balance, but like, sure. how have you, how have you made that work? How are you still finding time to take care of yourself? I know you work out regularly. Like mm-hmm. I know you always look gorgeous. So you clearly uh, shower <laughs> and get ready. And like, how are you finding the time or quote unquote, making the time to, mm-hmm. to make yourself a priority? Okay. Yeah. My morning is a sacred ritual that I don't like to mess with. (laughs) And I think that's one thing that like, while I was a health and fitness coach, that was the greatest gift that I could have ever given myself is having that time for me and setting that to now, like I talk about a lot in my Instagram about protecting the habits. Like I have habits of working out. My brain still sometimes is like, I don't want to do a workout today. It still has that, but because I have habits in place and because I know how important that habit is, I now do it. I protect the habit even at the expense of saying, okay, we start school an hour later. I have to get this in. Mm -hmm. Um, That morning time is vital to my success because 
I take some time to read scripture. I take my workout. I do sometimes talk on Marco Polo to my sister and I love that. <laughs> so I'm not getting rid of it, but, and then I do mind stuff, journaling kind of thing to get my thoughts out on paper. So that's important to me. Also watching my thoughts throughout the day, because if I'm thinking like, I never have an hour to myself. This isn't fair. Like if I have that thought loop running through my head, I'm snappy with my kids. I don't like when they cry. I don't like when they fight. I get really snappy, really mean. I just try to watch that track and switch it to how am I showing up with, you know, like the good, I don't even know how to phrase this exactly, but switching those thoughts to like, no, this is okay. Like minute by minute. And then still there was one promise that I made to myself at the beginning of this was I'm not going to feel bad when I have to pay a babysitter for time that's not spent doing something productive. Like I, I pay sitters for when I do my coaching calls. I pay sitters for when I work on my business, but I am not going to do the shame guilt thing when I'm like, I want to go to Target by myself. <laughs> if that requires a sitter, I will get the sitter. It's the money for value is a lot for me there. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of some of the things that have helped me watching my thoughts and sometimes changing my circumstances and paying a sitter to have some time for me. See, and I love that. And I honestly think that's something that a lot of moms struggle with is just that guilt that comes from like, no, no, no. Like I've wanted to be a mom my whole life. Like I don't want to pay someone else. I work from home for a reason, or I'm a stay at home mom for a reason. Like I don't want to pay anyone else ever to watch my children ever. Mm -hmm. So like, ha, ha, is that ever something that's like, that you've struggled with or have you always kind of been like, honestly, no, <laughs> like I don't struggle. <laughs> yeah, that, that thought isn't as prevalent to me. I understand it though. I get it. But I'm also one, my mom sometimes worked out of the house and she was in the house. She, you know, was both. And I think that that's, I, I have the belief that that can be good for your kids too. Like time away from mom can be good for the kids too. And I have zero, like what is good or better between a mother that has to be out of the home to work and a mother that's in the home to work. I think that kids learn the lessons that they are supposed to learn. So that one isn't as much on my radar as sometimes I get weird about spending money on myself if it's not like returning of investment, right? Mm -hmm. If it's not like a monetary, I get weird thoughts about like, no, I'm gonna find somebody who can watch my kids for free because that's all I can do right now. I have to work on thoughts of like, no, it's okay. Like if you want to go for two hours and pay your babysitter, whatever it is, sometimes that's okay. Like mm, that time for me is worth it. It's mm -hmm. the money thoughts that I have to work on less than, I don't know if that's kosher or what. <laughs> no, yeah. That's where I struggle. I'm the, I'm the exact same way too. I totally struggle with those thoughts as well. And I like know that it fills my cup so much when I like go get a pedicure, manicure, whatever, those types of self-care things. But it's always that guilt of like, okay, should I really be spending money on a sitter plus mm -hmm. <laughs> this thing for myself that really is not that necessary, even though it brings me so much joy. So 
that's definitely something I want to revisit in a later episode is our ish with money. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's totally good to be resourceful. And I don't think that that's because obviously I, the circumstance of getting our, you know, going out to target doesn't create our feelings for us, but, but I think sometimes like the shame that we have on it doesn't propel our best action. So if we like let that part go and every now and then, and you, you know, anyway, I think that sometimes it's a needed thing. Yeah. Yes. And letting go of just Brene Brown style, right? Like just letting mm -hmm. go of that shame, identifying it for what it is, sit in it, understand what that, that lie is that you're believing mm -hmm. and then trying your best to dissect it. Like you're, like you're so good at talking about just like following that loop and that thought pattern of like, okay, I'm feeling this way, but why, why am I feeling this mm -hmm. way? How can I, how can I fix it? So mm -hmm. I love that. Okay. One last thing that I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Um, I know, at least for me personally, I don't know if other moms struggle with this, but I know when you were sharing about how Jack, your youngest is on like the screen and like, yay, he finally gets to pick his own show and all the things. Mm -hmm. I know for me, like for whatever reason, I just have so much guilt when it turns to like, okay, my <laughs> child is being babysat by an iPad or a TV. And I probably just like, I don't know where that came from. And I think I have some ideas, but I need to like, just let it go, forgive myself, whatever. What would you say to the mom who like struggles with the screen time thing? So instead of like giving in to like, you know what, <laughs> I'm giving myself some grace mm -hmm. and letting them do this. And instead they're just like, their two-year-old is just crying or like wreaking havoc and just, oh my heavens to Betsy. like. Yeah. Okay. There's two parts that I want to take this. Okay. Cause there's like the, let's look at the alternative. You don't do the screen time. Right. And you turn into this dragon because you're trying to control their behavior now and they're whining and like, let's look at that outcome, that result that we create for ourselves. Sometimes like which one's the lesser evil. Right. And then there's the second part to it that like, if we villainize the screen time so much, that's where this shame and judgment of ourselves come from. So remembering that like the screen is neutral. And yes, I know that there are some videos out there, like we've seen all the stuff with YouTube where like kids YouTube and things that are not good. Use your discernment to think like what they're watching, like have only quality things that you want them. Maybe they're learning games. Maybe they're like trusted sources. We went through and got rid of all of the sources that I don't trust for videos for my kids now, now they're not even an option. And they only have certain videos that they can watch. And ones that I've seen with them that I know that are safe, right? Use your discernment, but know that like screen time, screen time and the videos that they're watching, those are neutral. We get to pick our thoughts about that. So if it's a bad, a terrible, terrible thing, like this horrible thing, then of course you're going to feel horrible about it because if you're handing your kid you know, the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, what's something horrible, drugs, <laughs> like you're going to feel terrible about that. But knowing like there is moderation in all things. And for sure, these kids are going to be around TV. For sure, these kids are going to have screen time. Would you rather have the thoughts feeling it like this is terrible, I'm a terrible mom for handing them this video? Or you can choose same circumstance of the screen and choose thoughts like, I'm teaching them how to manage their time. I'm teaching them how to be around this, um, what's the word? 
temptation kind of a thing, right? I'm trying to teach them how to be around this and not get totally sucked in it. So I set limits for them because for sure they're going to need those skills in the future. And if we totally, and to each their own, how they want to do this, right? How they want to teach their kids. But I think that that's a skill that we can teach them. Like you use it this time. You don't use it when you're doing this. You know, sometimes if your kid is crying and you hand them a screen, they might not know how to deal with negative emotion, but sometimes it's better than mom being a dragon. So pick your battles. <laughs> it's not all or nothing. Pick where it's okay with you. Set those limits and then you're the one that gets to enforce that. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then grace, mama, grace, right? Grace. Like, give yourself grace. So much grace. <laughs> yes. You so give much grace. grace. I love it. Good, 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 good. Okay. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us before we close out? Yeah, I just, you know, my answer this year was homeschool and we're going to figure out a way to do it. And there's so many different ways that you can homeschool your kids. I'm finding out and learning more and more as the days go on, but there's not one right answer. And just because somebody else got that right answer, even in your same circumstance, like I'm thinking about all the mamas in my same circumstance, it just because homeschool is the answer for me, doesn't mean that Zoom or the distance learning isn't the answer for your kids. Like we all have different journeys and we can't judge anybody else for the choices that they make because we are not them. We do not know their thoughts. We do not know what, Heavenly Father has in store for them. So do you, you do you boo. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you. Fabulous. Anna, you are amazing. I also want to add if in your area, homeschooling isn't the only option and you do have the option of sending your child to school. My older sister tried the homeschooling thing for a couple of months and she felt very strongly that that was the right choice for her and for her family. And a few months in to homeschooling her daughter, she realized, whoa, like this is not for me. And where she lives, it is an option for her to send her child to school with a mask. And so she's a person who believes in God. She took the matter to God and she prayed and she felt very, very strongly at the beginning of the school year that God wanted her to teach her child. Now, this time she's going to him in prayer, asking the same question, should I keep homeschooling? And the answer that she got this time was, no, you shouldn't. And I remember her coming into our family thread uh, in text messages and she was like, what in the heck? Like, why did I get one answer? the first time. And now here I am <laughs> getting a completely opposite answer. And I had heard that week, actually, a story given by a man named Matthew Holland. And he shared in this story about a time when he and his dad, they were driving and they came to a fork in the road and they didn't know which way to go. And they both felt very strongly that they should go one way, let's say left. I don't remember, but that they should go left. So they went left and it didn't take very long, but they eventually came to a dead end and they were like, okay, obviously that was not the right way. Let's turn around, go back and we'll drive the other way. 
And the son was very troubled by the fact that they had both felt so strongly that they felt to go left. And so he asked his dad, like, Dad, why did we feel so strongly that we were supposed to go left? And the dad said, you know, I think it's because we needed to know for sure that this is the right road. Because if we had gone right first, we would have driven for a really long time and maybe doubted that we had picked the right way. And we would have just been traveling this road not knowing if this is the way we were supposed to go. Maybe we would have had so much doubt and fear that we would turn around, drive back, take the other road and find that it's a dead end and then have to retrace our steps all over again. I think we felt so strongly that we needed to go left because we needed to know for sure that this is the right road. And I shared that with her and she, she felt so much better. And she was like, no, like, I think you're exactly right. I, I think I needed to know for sure that homeschooling is not right for me and my daughter and my family. Cause it just doesn't work well for, for me, for her, she's a social butterfly. She needs the social interaction of school. And because it's available to me in my area, I will send her to school, even though I don't really want her to wear a mask all day. But I know it's what's best for her. And I know it's what's best for me as a mom in my mental health. And I know that she's going to be happier. Therefore, we're all going to be happier. And so she did. She sent her daughter to school. And she she was able to overcome that, that mom guilt of, all right, you know, this is not best for me. And that doesn't mean she's inferior to those who do homeschool. Homeschool versus public school doesn't, it doesn't mean a gosh dang thing. It doesn't have anything to do with how good or not good of a mom you are. Like Anna said, figure out what your truest desire is and make that your number one priority each and every day. What is it that you truly want to come away with? What does success look like for you in each day? And just identify that one thing. Like for her, it was teaching them about God and potentially being creative, something with psychology, the things that she loves, the things she thinks are important to pass on to her children. And when you can identify that for yourself and figure out what kind of mom do I want to be? What kind of things do I want to make sure my children know? And at the end of the day, if we did this together, it's a success. And identify that for yourself and give yourself grace, give other people grace, all the grace, every day, everywhere, all the time. So I love you, my friends. Thank you for joining and I will see you next week. All right, you guys, that's it. Thank you for sticking around. If this message spoke to you today, please feel free to share it with someone you love. It would mean the world to me if you would leave this podcast a quick review from wherever you're listening from so that other mamas can find it too. Be sure to find me on Instagram so that we can be friends in real life. You can find me at Bryn Wise. Thank you for making the choice to become a mom. Thank you for loving your kids. Remember that you are doing better than you think you are. Remember to lean on your village. 
Remember, the biggest contribution you make in this world might not be something you do, but someone you raise. And always remember to give yourself grace. Thank you.